Open Dialogue, and I am Violet Howe, and with me today is author T.M. Cromer. Tara, why don't you say hello and tell us what you write? Hello, and thanks for having me here today. Um, I write um, contemporary romance, romantic suspense, and paranormal romance. Uh, my current love is paranormal romance, so that's what I'm tackling uh, this awesome. year. Awesome. And you have you have another in that series coming out soon, right? The, the... I do. Uh, the Thorn Witches. Uh, and the third in that series is Winter Magic that will be uh, dropping on uh, September 2nd. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Very I think good. it's a week after yours, isn't it? Uh, you know what? It is because I have one that's dropping August 27th, The Glow in the Woods. Um, and I did say that right, T.M. Cromer, right? For some reason, I always I always mess up your initials. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and what's odd about that is my middle name starts with an M. And so the fact that I can't get that your middle initial is M is really bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, I was really excited that you agreed to come and talk to me today because you posted something on Facebook about um, the HBO series Sharp Objects. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching Sharp Objects, and um, and it is so bizarre and so dark and twisted, but I I like it, strangely, especially now that I think I have a theory um, about what's going to happen, and we won't discuss what's going to happen in case people haven't watched it. But, um, but I wanted to talk to you about books that are turned into um, television series or television shows or movies. Why do you think our society is so fascinated with seeing uh, something that's popular as a book become a movie? Like, why do you think that format is appealing? That's a that's an excellent question. And uh, um, I think people get so engrossed in the story that is created. I mean, as you know, as you know, when you read a book, you become part of that you become invested in that and I think to see that uh, on the big screen for lack of a better word uh, uh, that will um, (laughs) brings it to life yes thank you thank you I yeah I mean it well and for people that are visual like I'm very visual so for for me um, seeing something come to life on the big screen I mean I'm I'm just so wowed by it you know I mean the characters I know and love are now right there in front of me you know so well, they're no I longer think, in mean, my head. I think it goes back even further. Like if you look at things like, you know, Gone with the Wind being um, being translated onto the screen oh, right. and being like one of the longest movies that was made, you know, mm-hmm. for that time. Um, and you look at, you know, definitely the Disney Disney taking classic stories, classic fairy tales and, right. and, and bringing them to life on the screen. Um, but I think exactly what you said, that when we immerse ourselves into a book, we feel like we know those characters. We feel like we're part of their world and we can imagine it in our head. And then to see it on the screen sometimes is awesome. Sometimes like brings that to life in such a way that you're like, yes, this is exactly right. what it's supposed to look like. I know like if with, it's um, done right. Right. With books like The Hunger Games or book like books like Divergent, where what's written on the page is so fantastical and it's something that is such in the world of the imaginary. And to be able to see that brought to life and be able to see some of those special effects or some of those things that don't exist in our real world and to be able to see the way that they've done those, I think is very cool. I think... um, Lord of the Rings was one of those with like, Mm -hmm. you know, the talking trees, the walking trees, like things like that, that you read in the book and your mind tries to picture it, but then you see it on the screen and it's, 
it's even better than you imagine or it's like yes that's exactly what I thought it was going to look like right so. I mean I look like look at what they did with Harry Potter right. I mean for God's right. sakes that was that's to me that's a masterpiece to, to be able to create that world uh, you know the pictures coming to life the the moving staircases I mean that it, that's incredible and you know I, I don't know I just loved it and I'm I, you know, uh, we, you and I had discussed this. I'm more of the movie person. I, I, I don't read. Um, I mean, I do read, but not. <laughs> I do read. I can't say I'm an author who doesn't read. If it's big words <laughs> and lots of pictures. Yeah, exactly. I like moving pictures. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, I have a huge confession to make. I've never read any of the Harry Potter books, and I know there's like a collective sigh, a gasp of of shock going around the world. But I've never read any of the Harry right Potter books. I would like to at some point in time, um, but I but I've never read them. And it's funny how many of the classics have been turned into novels um, and and I realized that I've never read them like books that I probably meant to read like Little Women for instance Mm -hmm. Um, I know there's been a couple of like historical adaptations of that movie but there's a preview now for like a modern day retelling of the story and I'm actually really excited about it because I've never I've never I've never read the book and I've never seen either one of the historical movies so in that case I can go into it with a completely open mind. I have no expectation of who those characters are. I have no expectation of what the story is. And I can go in and appreciate the movie for what it is. And I think I think that's kind of an important point to raise. You said that, you know, you're more of a visual person. You wait for the movie instead of reading the book. I know a lot of people that if they've read the book, they almost like refuse to go see the movie. And, and so... Are like with with the ones that you have read, like are you able to separate the two, or is that one of the reasons that you just wait for the movie so that you don't have both? Um, actually, a lot of the, well, uh, f- let's get back to Little Women. Um, I have read that book; that was required reading for us in school. So you do read? So I do. I do read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Tale of Two Cities, Les Mis, uh, you know, uh, Little Women. For and in Little Women, I. That's a case for me. I, I feel like the book was actually better than the movies. I've seen the movie. I keep trying to watch the different movies that are created. I, I just watched the one on Masterpiece, and it just fell flat in my opinion. And I don't know whether it was the acting or whether, you know, I, I feel, you know, as a modern-day feminist, I, I feel like maybe a little bit um, – I, I really don't know. I don't know what it is. But Little Women has always just fallen flat for me. And the book um, and the movie or just the Yeah, book? yeah. And the I and and, and, and I it's a very unpopular belief because everybody loves little women, you know? And uh Louisa uh, I think it was Louisa May Alcott that wrote yeah. it, right? Yeah. So um I, I, it's a very popular unpopular opinion for me to have but I just don't feel like it's it's all that to be honest with you and I, I really do hope that they take this modern version and make it something uh, just really wow you know but that that brings up another interesting point because if they take this modern version and they make it something wow and if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly you weren't that big of a fan of the of the characters in the storyline of the book. So in order for it to be wow for you, they would need to change those characters in that storyline. And I think that's probably the biggest complaint that people have when you make a movie is when they when they stray too far from the original source material. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah, I mean, to a degree, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think, like, when they did William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, uh, they did a, a modernized version of that. Is that the one with that. Leo DiCaprio? I believe so. And and, yeah. and, and in that, I think they did, uh, if, if I remember correctly, gosh, we're going back years, right? So um, if I remember correctly, they actually kept the original speech and put it in, it, and set it in modern. Uh, they did. Yeah. And to me, that was just really odd to watch. I think the... The actual story, I think, more than the words, is what calls to me, I think, about any story or movie. You know, I mean, you've got, I think it's the plot, and I like plot and fast dialogue. So when uh, when you have a modern-day adaptation of um, Shakespeare, something like Shakespeare, where the dialogue is hard to follow anyway, in my opinion, um, I think you have a... Um, what am I trying to say, Violet? Help me out here. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. It's it's interesting that you say that because I have a, um, a very close friend who's a theater director. There's a community theater that I've been involved with um, for about 20 years. And she has done several... Um, she's a huge fan of Shakespeare. And she's done several Shakespeare plays and set them in modern day circumstances. Now, I will say... Um, again, cue the shockwaves of gas. I'm not a fan of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm not a shan- fan of Shakespeare is because I don't particularly like the language. I don't like reading that um, because to me, it, it, it because I don't understand it in the it's first reading and I have to kind of dissect it, I can't just get lost in the story. Now, okay. one thing that's interesting to me is watching a movie such as Romeo and Juliet or watching some of the play ad- adaptations that she has done Um I'm able to follow the story. Like, even though they're still speaking the same words, even though they're still speaking in the rhythmic way, I'm able to follow the story because, like you said, as a visual, um, there's visual cues there. So I'm able to kind of follow what's going on in the story. So for me, seeing Shakespeare done in a movie or in a play makes it easier for me to get lost in the story than when I'm reading it. So for me, that's a time when I enjoy the movie or the live you know, presentation of the story more so than what's in the book. And Kenneth Branagh, he's an actor, uh, yes. director. He's he's done multiple um, adaptations of Shakespeare's work. And I've actually watched those because I, first of all, he's just an incredible talent. He is. And when you put him in a Shakespearean uh, play or movie or whatever you want to call it, he just brings it to life, and it's his expression. It's the it's his uh, really passion, in right? It's the yeah. passion behind the performance, no, and again, not so much the words as you're saying, because they're very hard to follow, very hard to understand that um, that particular flowery uh, form of speech. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100 percent on stuff like that. I'm, I've never been a great fan of Shakespeare. Uh, in, in so much as reading him, but I do love how twisted his mind is for a lot of these plots. Right. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, no, he was brilliant. Um, I think another way that that, like another example of that, like with Les Mis, I have tried so many times to read the, you know, the gargantuanly sized novel, <laughs> and I just can't get into it. Now, the story on Broadway or you know on stage or even the the movie version of that say what you will about Russell Crowe singing but even (laughs) you know even the movie version of that like I love Les Mis um now let let me interrupt you did did you see did you see the version with Liam Neeson that was actually yes not done as a musical that was actually done as full drama 
Yes. And, and I like both because I like the story. Um, but it's funny. I'm, I'm not a, wow, for the third time, cue shockwaves of gas. <laughs> Even though I'm a theater person, I'm not a huge musical person sometimes it distracts me if they suddenly break into song in the middle of their lines <laughs> like it just I'm like why are you singing <laughs> right um so sometimes if the dialogue is or if the script is all musical that can kind of bother me but um but Les Mis is one that I really like so know, Phantom, Phantom of the Opera oh, oh Phantom of the Opera I love oh okay, I also okay. love um the movie version of Phantom of the Opera yes um and it's and it's funny like along the same lines of what we're talking about taking some of those that are beloved theater productions and creating movie like you know Mamma Mia was hugely successful as mm -hmm. a movie um, rather than the musical you know that that I believe it started as a musical um, and you know some others like that so okay now like now, it, now cue the gas because I was just not a fan of Mamma Mia I mean really? I love everything with Colin Firth obviously but I just uh, yeah it just left me uh, just lukewarm I think I I well and and here again this is probably gonna sound really bad I'm not a big fan of Meryl Streep Okay, now we have to just stop, right? Just, <laughs> our friendship just ended. No, I'm kidding. Um, I can totally respect that you make some bad choices. Um, <laughs> I love Meryl Streep. I'm a huge fan of Meryl Streep. But, I mean, I, I know Mamma Mia was not... Um, to everyone's liking or to everyone's I I love the music. I love ABBA. And oh, I, I do I love too. love the music. Um, it's a little painful when Pierce Brosnan sings. Um, <laughs> in fact, we went to see the second Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2 or whatever its official title is. And there was one point where like, you know, there he's walking across this room and you could tell he was going to sing. And I literally reached over and grabbed my friend next to me and I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's going to sing. Like, so yeah. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think in order to enjoy any type of film adaptation of a book a musical a play any of that you have to be able to see them as two different things and if you expect it to be the same then I, I think that's where you're disappointed and I do better with some of those things than I do with others like um with Outlander for instance I did not read Outlander when it first became popular I had a friend who has tried to get me to read Outlander for years and years and years hi Beth and um, I was like yeah when I get to it when I get to it when I get to it and I finally started it like the last weekend in January a couple of years ago and by the first weekend of March I had blown through all eight of these huge novels and and I was suddenly like part of the cult and um, I was very nervous when they were going to bring out the show. Now, I was fortunate in that they had already cast the show before I read it. So, like, people have, like, mourned the fact that Jamie doesn't look like Jamie or Claire doesn't look like Claire. I had those those characters, like the cast. I had Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfe. I had them in my head before I read. So, that oh, was much yeah. easier for me because I could already see them as the characters. Um, but... I will say we were probably about halfway through the first season of watching and my knight has not read those books. And he was like, you know what? Don't tell me what they did in the book. Because like every show I was hitting pause <laughs> and going now in the book, and I was telling him everything that was different. Right. So I do think it's easier with some things than others, but you have to allow the movie or the television show to be a separate product from the book. And, and Diana Gobbledon even said like people were complaining and she was like you know what if you go pick up your book it's exactly the same way it was when you left it this is something different so right why do you think we have a hard time letting go of that 
I'm not sure. I think, again, I think this goes back to your original question. We become so invested in a story that it becomes, uh, you know, part of us. It becomes who, you know, these, it's, it's the same reason you read a, a story over and over and over again. You fall in love or you, uh, you whether know you those fall, people. yeah, you know those yeah. people, you become those people. If a story is well written and you're uh, in the emotions laid out for you, you, I think that's why so many people like the book better because you can actually get in the head of someone instead of just watching it um, to the degree of, I mean, grant, granted, Outlander is narrated, so you get in her head anyway to to a degree. And um, but I think it was very well done. In oh, my I, opinion, I definitely think the show was yeah. well done. I enjoy the show very much. Um, I enjoy seeing you know some of those scenes brought to life, and I even enjoy some of the changes in the show. Like I feel like sometimes with a television or movie adaptation, they're able to take you off the page. So like for instance, you know, in the Phantom of the Opera movie with um was it Anne Hathaway that was in that movie? Yes. Was it? And yes. Anne Hathaway and No 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 she was like Miz. Um Phantom oh, wait, of the Opera was no, the Emmy, girl from Emma, Shameless. Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum, yeah. Yeah. Um, in that movie, she was able, like, they went to the to the cemetery. You know, they were able to right. leave the theater, whereas with the stage production, you're confined. And so I feel like there were sometimes, because Outlander is entirely told from the narrator's point of view, um, well, it's not in later books, but anyway, in that first book, um, they were able to sometimes show things that happened like with Jamie or with Dougal or with some of the other characters when Claire wasn't in the picture. So right. I kind of like sometimes that in an adaptation, they can they can depart from the book and show you things that might have happened right. off the page. And I and like I, that. And I read uh, Outlander so far. I mean... I don't even remember when it came out, but I but I still remember I was I was a teenager I think and living in Tennessee if I remember correctly when that first book came out, and I had or, or I could be wrong I don't know I, I have no sense of time, um, but I remember when I read that book the first book being so fantastic and then I read the second one and that was good and then I got to the third one and I stopped by the third book and the third is my favorite (laughs) I think (laughs) I think it was uh, first of all reading long historicals is just you know I mean I I I have the attention span of a gnat so you can I can read probably about 100 120 thousand words and I'm done when when it gets too long I'm you've lost me but I think because the gap for me was so long so many years that even though I remembered the plot of the story, I remembered being in love with Jamie. I remembered uh, there were times that Claire irritated me. Oh, she irritated me through every single <laughs> every single episode. Right, oh. and and I think that they captured that for me in in right. my faded memory. They had captured that and they brought that back right. to life for me. And I think uh, Randall, oh my God, I, you know, yeah. they he did a great job. Tobias Menzies yes. just did a great, great job with I that don't, role. Yeah, I don't think anybody else would have done justice to the role that he did. And he, I think I hated him as the, you know, the actor in the show more than I did in the book. Well, and it was even hard for me to like, Frank and the right. are played by the same actor and <laughs> exactly. he played Randall so wonderfully that I could see Randall and Frank um, more so than I did when I read the book so. right and you wanted um, and you wanted so bad to 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 like Frank because she respected him and loved him but right god you hated him just because you hated yeah. his face at that point 
Oh, um, I, I think sometimes like it's obviously it's necessary when you're producing, um, well, with the television series, I know that the producers and writers for that particular show have talked about, you know, things have to be much faster paced. You're wrapping things up in an episode that might go on for chapters and chapters in a book. Right. Um, sometimes characters have to be condensed into one character because there's just not, you know, on the page you have however many words you need to, and however many characters you need. Um, Whereas, you know, with, a, with with casting and with time, sometimes they have to combine that. I know um, the movie um, Me Before You, like I read oh, the book, sobbed my way through the book. <laughs> I think they did a great job with the movie, but there were definitely parts of that movie that were cut out or there were characters that were kind of, you know, condensed um, characters that didn't have as large of a role. Like I really didn't see as much of the relationship between her and her sister um, as you did in the book. You didn't see like her ex-boyfriend playing as big of a role. But I think they got the main, for me, if the movie or television gets the main gist of the story and they stay true to who the characters are, then I'm better with them kind of playing around with circumstances or, or, or you know, right. omitting things. You know, if it was something that was huge that I was like, oh my God, how can they skip that part? And, <laughs> and you know, there's been movies where I'm screaming at the, at the screen for that reason. But um, I think if they, like with Game of Thrones, for instance, with Game of Thrones, I have not read the books. Um, I, you know, would like to at some point. I just last year got um, sucked into the series. I had known it was, you know, vastly popular and just hadn't really been interested in it. Mm -hmm. And my, my son, my college age son was like, mom, you have to watch this show. I'm going to sit down with you and we're going to watch it right now. <laughs> and I blew through all of the seasons and, and, and I'm grieving already that it, that it ends next year. But from what I understand from people who've read it, they, a lot of it did go off the page and a lot of it was like picking and choosing from different books. Maybe it didn't happen in that sequential order or maybe they took some liberty with the way things happen in the book's timeline. So yeah, I think it's necessary sometimes. I think I had actually started reading um, the books in the downtime when, when my, my uh, stepson had come to visit and I think it was season four uh, this was, I can't even remember, I think it's after the Red Wedding, but it, but it's at some point it's in season four and uh, something's going down. I don't remember. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan and I've watched every episode more than once, but um, I can't even remember where we had initially picked up that had captured our interest that we had, we were forced to go back and watch. But isn't it funny thing. how if you go back and watch it again, you see things you never oh, yeah. saw the first oh, yeah. time. Like then all of a sudden it's like, it's like the veil has been lifted <laughs> right, and you right. see people as they truly are. Right. And you see little yeah. gestures that, that yes. you might've missed before. I actually yes. love, that's a, that's a great, uh, you know, a great point to make because I actually love watching things more than once because I think if it's done correctly, you see the little nuances that you missed the first time around, you know, the, the, the looks, the gestures, the, you know, things that somewhere in the back of your head, you filed it, but you did, you weren't sure why it happened. And then you watch it again. You're like, Oh, you know, and it's just so obvious had you been looking for it, you know? Well, and I think in our climate, and you and I actually may have discussed this before, but in our climate of binge watching, I think that I am, I, when, as soon as that episode ends, I'm so anxious to get to the nep next episode. Yeah. You know, we'll play just one more, we'll play just one <laughs> yeah. more. And I think that we blow through it so fast, you don't have time to sit in process. Like I know when I'm, when I leave a movie, 
if it's a good movie or if it's well done, we talk about it. if it's made me think, then for the next several hours or sometimes even several days with a movie like Inception, I'm oh. still thinking about it. I'm yeah. still twisting it in my head. I'm still going through it. And I want to call someone immediately and talk about it. <laughs> it's been years um, and I still can't process Inception. That movie right? was fantastic. I, I, right? I still don't know what happened at that ending. You know, so so for me, the fact that we're binge watching, like, you know, it, when I blow through a show right. like Game of Thrones or I blow through a show like Breaking Bad, I'm enjoying every minute. But then if I go back and watch it again, I'm like, oh, how, how did I miss that? How did because I think we're watching so fast and we're, we're absorbing it so fast that we're really not sitting in it. We're really not marinating in it. Do you, th- I, do you think also, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, once I get started too, I don't, I don't want to stop. So right. I will get up to, for bathroom breaks or for, for snacks and then I'll sit right back down and I will right. literally waste a whole day into the night. Mark, it'll be nine o'clock, nine thirty. Mark's eyes are starting to shut. And I'm like, no, one more episode. One, and he'll go to bed. Now this is terrible of me, but he'll go to bed and I'll continue to, to binge. And it's like an addiction with me until maybe three in the morning. But I think at that point, I'm so tired. I don't even know what I'm processing, but I had to see it. Right. Well, see, I think at our house, it's bad because my night and I will both look at each other and go, one more episode, <laughs> one more episode, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but I, I think that, um, like, coming back around to our original topic, I think that's one reason that people like the books better is because you have time for everything to marinate. You have time for to process everything. And you can always just flip back a few pages and pick up something if you feel like you missed it. I'm really bad, like you talked about reading the historicals when they get detailed. If I read something like um, Outlander or I read something like, you know, Anne Rice, when they get bogged down in all this detail about plants or about history or whatever, I'll tend to kind of skim. Me too. But then what happens is I get several pages later and I'm like, wait a minute, why, why don't I know what's going on and I have to go back. And I think with a book you can do that. Now, obviously we can pause and rewind, you know, with, with television and movies at home. Today, I wish yeah. sometimes we had a rewind feature or a pause feature at the theater. <laughs> but, um, but I do think that's one of the reasons that we like books better on the whole or that it resonates with us better because you have that time to process and you have that time, you know, to to look at although I will say I blew through Outlander so quick that when I go back and read things now there's so much in those books that I didn't know was there <laughs> um one well one she's movie. another one though Diana, Diana she gets a little wordy sometimes and I I feel yeah. I that was part of the problem for me I mean it's it's great to know a little bit about somebody's dress or you know I I just don't the plants every... I've had people say that if yeah. they took out all the plants in Outlander they could read it faster but right um I I will say I very rarely found a movie that when I read the book, I hate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I think um, the only example that comes to mind where I just truly could not stand the book and I love the movie was Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And I saw the movie first. I fell in love with the movie. I fell in love with the characters. Um, I love the story. And then I, you know, went out and got the book in order to read the book. And I, and I like to do that sometimes. Most of the time I like to read the book first so that I've got a, 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 a better foundation or I've kind of, mm-hmm. you know, got all the details and then see it. But sometimes I like to see the movie first um, so that I've got the characters in my head, like a visual. Right. And with that one, I went out and got the book. And I found out that the movie is very, very, very 
loosely adapted. Like it's it's oh. really not the same storyline. It's not the same character. Some of my characters that were my favorite characters in the movie don't even exist in the book. What? No. Um, Which ones? A, yeah, it's a much of Dev Patel's character who's like my favorite. Like he doesn't even exist. What? That whole storyline with him. And oh, I him love him. In love and him and his mother. Like that. That really doesn't you know really doesn't exist in the book. And so. Um, but I think that's, I think that's more the exception to the rule when you find the book that doesn't measure up to the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I actually, I, I'll do one or the other. Usually if I read the book, I don't watch the movie until years later um, because I don't want that disappointment. And or if I watch the, if I watch the movie um, and it really, if the movie really, really grabbed me, I'll go back and read the book. Going back to, um, I think we were talking, um, what was the one that I posted on Facebook the other day that got us started? Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. I really now want to go back and read that book because I really want to know what's going on in those characters' heads. I think we get a, a good glimpse of what's going on in the main character's head and Amy Adams' head. Um, but I don't think a Camille, I guess her character is, but I don't, yeah. I, and they do a great, um, they un, unveil things, you know, hear it just enough to kind of peel it back. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Here's a little glimpse. Here's a little glimpse. Oh yeah. yeah. It's just, did you it's really read, mental. Gone, did you read Gone Girl or see the movie Gone Girl? Cause it's the same author. Yes. I saw Gone Girl and I was so blown away by that. And yeah. I went to read the book the book and here's the thing it was done in first person and you know don't hate me because I'm just not a huge fan of first person there are maybe a handful of authors you're one that I will that I will actually read first person because it's done very well but I um I want to know the other uh, the other characters um, right, thoughts right. and, and what Their goes on so and, yeah. yeah so I personally write in third person because I you know I'm going to give you a little bit of what's going on in the villain's mind I'm going to give you right yeah. and so um so yeah I'm not a, so when it when, when I opened it up and it was first person you know his her thoughts and his thoughts I went oh you know it just so I kind of put it down but I, I feel like uh, maybe I'll pick it up again. Uh, but, I, but I opened it right after the movie. So I think maybe that is also what might have turned me off from it. Well, I, it's funny because I, I, and I know several people commented um, things like this on your Facebook. Um, but I think that her writing, her stories are definitely dark. They're twisted. Oh, yeah. They're sick. And it's funny because that is nothing like my writing. And it's nothing like I would normally go and read. But it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, you know, to know someone's mind so dark and twisted or to know someone's mind so broken and to be able to, to her characters are kind of anti-heroes. You know what I mean? Oh, um, they're I, obviously very broken. Yeah, but yeah. you're still able to relate to them on some level. You're still able to kind of like cheer for them or want them, you know, to to succeed. In some cases, like when we, this is off the book topic, but like we used to watch Dexter mm-hmm. on Showtime and it's about a serial killer. Right. But I literally am like hoping he doesn't get caught. Like, you know what I mean? It's so funny right. how writers can take a character who you should not in any way whatsoever identify with or cheer for and make you like that character and I like that I like the fact that someone's writing can bring that character to life in in such a multi-dimensional way 
that I actually like the character, even though if I met that person in real life, I would probably run the other way. Well, you know, I mean, look at Arya in Game of Thrones, right? I mean, she's essentially an assassin. She is. And we're all rooting for her. Exactly. Love her. Exactly. She's one of my favorite characters. And and Tyrion's a drunk, but we love him. I mean, I love him too. He's one of my other favorite characters. Exactly. I think my prediction is that he ends up on the throne. I think he's the best for the throne. I I hope you're right. Really quick, because I know we're getting to the end of our time limit, and mm-hmm. I try to honor um, people's time and, and not go over half hour if we don't have to. Right. But I could just talk to you all day, girl. <laughs> but um, and I could definitely talk about books. And yeah, I know, all me day. too, right? But I wanted to say there was one thing that I had kind of written a note because we mentioned the classics earlier, and I kind of scribbled down a note and I wanted to come back to it. It's funny how there are classic books that stand the test of time books like little women books like a tale of two city books like the outsiders books like which i just recently found was written by a teenage girl that blew my mind oh i didn't know that um you know those types of books that stand the test of time and people can read those in you know the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and now like and and still find things to relate with like my son had to read um catcher in the rye in high school and like he really liked the book and that book is so outdated obviously Mm -hmm. but it's funny how the movie versions don't hold up as well and i was talking with um i was talking with a friend yesterday who had shown her her kids who are um one's a senior in high school one's a junior in high school and one is I think three years younger. He was born in 2005. So whatever grade that puts him in, I'm sorry that I don't know. But, <laughs> don't make me math. Um, I know when he was born. But um, <laughs> she recently showed them The Outsiders. And like she's sitting there completely emotionally involved in this story, in this beloved movie and beloved story. And the kids were like yawning like, oh, really? Yeah. And it's funny when you go back and watch some of the movies based on classic books we see them now as cheesy or we see them like the special effects are bad or maybe the acting isn't up to par or whatever so it's funny to me that the story itself can stand the test of time but the movie always you know the movie doesn't always the movie fails right right um and and it it is interesting that you brought up uh the outsiders and and don't hate me but that's another one. I just, it left me flat. You know, I mean, Pony Boy, come on, who names? Okay, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. But it, it, I don't know. And maybe maybe it explains it better now that you said it was a teenage girl who wrote this. But um, yeah, I, I just never could get into that. I mean, the, the, the best scene, I think, was when, uh, you know, when he raged at the end. Uh, but, the, but the constant fighting and the con... I'm, I'm not one for, you know, gang movies like that anyway, I guess, maybe. Right. But I, right. you know, yeah, I, it just, it, it left me flat. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't hate no, me. Don't hate no, me. No, no, no. Everybody is in, entitled to their own opinion. Um, you've already said you don't like Meryl Streep, so it all went downhill from there. <laughs> Um, no, but um, to bring up to bring up another one that's very divisive as divisive as far as people's opinions. Um, you know, look at the Twilight series, and like at the time that I right. first read Twilight, I was teaching middle school, and every single student had this black book with the apple on the front, you know, on the cover. Um, whether it was my high reading eighth graders or my low reading sixth graders, boys, girls, in between, <laughs> everyone was reading this book. And I went to the school librarian, and I'm like what is this book? And she was like, oh, you might like it. You should read it. And um, 
I full on became a Twy hard. I think <laughs> I think a lot because I connected to my kids through it. Like I could do like, you know, let's do a compare and contrast essay and compare, you know, the 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 powers or abilities of the wolves with the with the vampires right. and let's, you know, persuade me as to why Bella should or should not want to be a vampire, you know, so I could use that um, to connect with kids and 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 be able to do something that that they were engaged in and that they were interested in doing. Which is really but, smart um, on your part. I mean, when you think about it to to um, uh, put yourself to, to to read it first of all, even if you didn't like it, but to read it and to use it to relate to the to the children that you're teaching, I think is, is oh, I brilliant. fully believe with teaching. If you can engage them and make them interested in the subject, no matter what the subject Absolutely. is, if you can find a way to engage them, then they learn. Yeah. like that's you know what I mean. But 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 you make it going fun. back to our movie book discussion, mm-hmm. like the first Twilight movie sucked like it was you know the special <laughs> effects were horrible and right. the, it was just you know they didn't know what they had for one thing so they didn't pour a lot of money into it they didn't even have merchandise didn't even come out until like the day of the release we went to a midnight and yeah wait a minute didn't it do didn't it do well i mean what uh, oh it did really well that's what i'm saying the studio had no idea what they had right. they thought they were making this little movie for teenage girls and they thought no one else would go see it no one at that time knew what a cult of us mothers there were i read it oh i i actually i and, loved um, what you know this okay this is this is probably gonna uh, i'm gonna lose brownie points for this one as well for anybody listening but i loved twilight i oh, I, I, I i'm, I'm never ashamed of a book that I like. <laughs> you know what never never be ashamed uh, of a book that you like like why i think well because so many people are like oh twilight but and they roll matter. their eyes but i really enjoyed matter. that series and i know it's right. ya and i'm not actually a ya uh, reader but I really enjoyed that series. A friend of mine uh, at the time, she was like, "Oh my god, you got to read this!" And I was like, "Oh really? You know, vampire? Whatever." But then I read, I read it, and I was like, "All right, give me book two. And so she, yes, you know, yes. and then I, and then I ended up. Uh, she's like, "Oh, you know, next paycheck I'm going to buy." And I'm like, "Screw that!" I went out and bought them all, and I'm like, "All right, you guys borrow them from me," you know, because we all passed around novels in in the office, you know, and uh, and I, I really, I, I loved it. But then the movies came out, and I watched the movies. Believe me, I watched every one of the movies. But I am just not a, a what's her name, Kirsten. Um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. I yeah. Oh God! If she had more than and, one expression on her face, it would be amazing. And for me, even when they cast uh, Robert Pattinson, I was like, "That is not Edward. There is no way he looks like Edward." Right. Right. Um, but I will say, I thought he you know, did good. I, we now he is Edward. You know what I mean? Like now I can't imagine anybody else being Edward. But I will say we went to um, the midnight showing on opening night, my night, and um, two other friends and I went. And one now of you got to give him serious brownie points for going to a movie like that oh, for he you. Read the books. No, oh, he, he did. Books. Oh my yeah, god, I, I was love so more interested now. in them, and I was talking so much about them that he was like, "All right, I got to read this and figure out what you're talking about." But um, I I actually drug a friend with me who had never read the books, but was up for a midnight movie just because she loves me and she's my friend. And we get there, and they did not—they didn't put out merchandise ahead of time for that first movie. Again, they didn't know what they had. Mm-hmm. They didn't know, realize what a gold mine they had. And so um, I hosted on opening day, which was the next morning. I hosted a sunrise breakfast for my students. It was by invitation only. You had to have all of your assignments turned in and be carrying at least a C average in order to be invited. You had to have your parents sign off on it because it was a little bit controversial with some parents. And um, we did trivia. We had breakfast. We had red velvet muffins. We oh had a God. red punch. We had everything Apple, you know, related. We had prizes. And that night, 
night when we got to the theater, um, I live in the Orlando area, and the theater was right next to a Virgin record store, and Virgin had this one tiny little end cap that had like a keychain, one t-shirt, and I think maybe a blanket. That was oh my it. Gosh. That was all the merchandise they'd released, and I bought like one of everything to give away the next morning. And when we went in that theater, well, first of all, they told us that we should probably get there around three o'clock or so for the midnight showing. And we were like, yeah, okay, not happening. (laughs) And so we got there probably about 10 or 1030 and we didn't see any line. And we were like, oh, these people were wrong. They, you know, they did not know. They were telling us to come hours early. And and we see like an employee standing there and he goes, you might want to go inside. He goes, they started lining up at noon and we opened the theater hours ago. And I'm like, you're kidding. (laughs) And we went in, it was packed. We, um, we literally, my, my friend who was also a teacher and had a loud mouth than I do went down front and asked if anyone was willing to scoot over to give us four seats together and um people had made t-shirts people had made like people had had painted themselves up with glitter like it was amazing what a following this movie had and it was such it's one of my even though the movie sucked as far as quality it's one of the best movie watching experiences i've ever had because that entire audience was living and breathing wait a minute time out did you not see rocky horror picture show in the in the theater yes i I did (laughs) did you go to a midnight one cue gasp yes cue gasp (laughs) i'm not a huge rocky horror fan but with this movie, oh, the, like no, the movie's instance, terrible. But the but the experience of going at midnight and throwing toast and right. doing dressing up and you no, know, I still say this was better because it was such a. There was such an incredible energy in that theater that these people loved this story and these characters so much. And like when the Cullens first come on screen in the cafeteria scene, yes. like the entire theater broke out into gasp and people started applauding when Edward first walked on screen. I just got goosebumps wow. when Edward first walked on screen. Like the entire theater reacted to that. And the only thing I've had that came close to that, well, I will say the movie training day with Denzel Washington when Snoop came on screen people got really rowdy but (laughs) the only thing I've had that was close to that was I did um, when the last film in the Twilight series was released I did a Twilight marathon with a group of people and we watched all the movies back to back on one day And at the end, they do a they do like a montage of all the movies and all the characters at the very end of the last film. And we were all, everyone in that theater was crying together. And we were all like, there was this collective energy again of, of saying goodbye to something oh, that wow. we loved and something we'd been a part of. Wow. And, and it was like, you know, people were like turning and hugging each other, even though you didn't know each other. Because again, if you sat through a Twilight Marathon all day long, <laughs> you're a fan. And um, and to say goodbye to something. So, well, that, I don't that's know. incredible. We, yeah. We really need to wrap up oh, because yeah. of time. Thank you so much for coming and visiting. Um, yeah. I th- again, I could talk about movies and books all day long. <laughs> well, um, I think we I, should throw this out to fans or, or listeners uh, of this. Yes. I mean, is there a way to get them to you know weigh in on this or email us or how does Why, that work? Yes. Oh, there is. Um, they can. Email uh, this was me not scripted, at- people. <laughs> I did tell you to remind me to throw out the I email because I did. You can email us at an open dialogue at gmail.com. And please let us know is there a book that you felt like was better than the movie? Is there a movie you felt was better than the book? Um, I think the general consensus, and we'll see from people responding, I think the general consensus is the book is always better. Mm-hmm. But we're, but I would like to hear from people. I would like to hear, like, are, you know, do you, do you go see both? 
can you separate the issue? Um, and if do you think the book is always better? And so. I, I think I think it would be fun. And I don't know. I'm I'm inviting myself back, but wouldn't it be fun to make this a two parter and then uh, maybe read some of those responses on air? Yes, that would be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, so. Tara, thank you so much for coming and talking with me today, for having an open dialogue with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having um, me. We are, you are more than welcome to come back anytime you would like. And again, if you would like to reach us for any comment or question, or if you have a topic that you would like me to discuss, or you have a guest host you would like for me to invite, please email me at anopendialogue at gmail.com. And we're going to give a shout out to Tadra, who is preparing to go out of town and was not able to join us today. But we love her and we can't wait for her to be back. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so thank you for joining us for an open dialogue. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. Bye bye.